Hello and welcome to the Keep Right On podcast. I'm Alex Dickin and I'm joined by my partner, co-host and definitely friend, Brian Dick. <laughs> we're we're going to be dissecting the game against Rotherham at the weekend. Uh, a bit of a drab draw for Blues. Looking at those Wayne Rooney comments in that that now famous press conference, infamous press conference. A whole range of other things addressing your questions and takes and uh, looking ahead to the game against Coventry on Friday. Uh, where hopefully Blues will get back to winning ways. Uh, Brian, firstly, on the, on the game against Rotherham, uh, get your take on it first. Firstly, it wasn't pretty, was it? It was a bit of a hard watch. Yeah, it was a hard watch. Um, I thought... I actually thought Blues started OK. Uh, um, they got in behind a couple of times really quite early on, didn't they? And Ollie Burke um, got into a great position um, just on the byline to, to the right. And I actually thought, yeah, Blues are in the ascendancy here. Ethan Laird was getting forward. Uh, Dembele was was you know starting to pop up a little bit on on the left, and I thought you could see Rotherham sitting in, and I thought right this you know this is going to be one of those games where the, the pitch tilts up, uh, the pressure is going to be so intense. Um, but once that breakthrough didn't come, and obviously the Laird Laird going off injured, I think Blues lost their way a little bit, and Rotherham had more and more belief that they could get something from the game. You know, albeit they were arriving with a dire away record. And um, by the end of the match, you'd probably say that Rotherham certainly had the better chances. They hit the bar, didn't they? And then there's, there's that goal line clearance from Sanderson. By the end of the match, you're probably saying, well, yeah, Blues have not done well. That's the wrong word. Blues should be grateful for their mm-hmm. point there um, because I think Rotherham finished them, finished. I think Rotherham were on top for way longer than Blues were, don't you? Yeah, I, I agree. I made the mistake yesterday, actually, of, uh, of watching the game back on the extended highlights. Um, and in seven minutes of footage, you know, bearing in mind this on Blues' own YouTube channel, you think it'd be a little bit favourable. It was pretty much just Rotherham attack after attack after attack. Um, the only chance of note, if it was a chance of note Blues had in that game, was the... The great bit of skill by Dembele out on the left wing and the cross to, to Cody Drummer at the back post and he forced a decent save, it fell to Djokovic and he blazed over. Um, other than that, it was kind of Blues just making mistakes and gifting Rotherham chances, wasn't it? Um, the playing out from the back was a, was a major issue in that game. I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to that throughout this podcast. But, um, you know, the Emmanuel Ivo pack, back pass to Ruddy that, you know, let in letting Rathbone and, you know, I'm not sure that it was Sanderson's shoulder, you know, hand, arm, but, you know, Blues got away with one there either either way you look at it. Um, and it was it was probably, if we look at the progress Blues have made in under Rooney since those first two games, which were pretty bad against Middlesbrough and Hull, um, you know, we've seen little glimpses in each of the games. Whereas against Rotherham, I'd probably say it kind of was back to that at the start where Blues weren't creating a great deal and they were very fortunate they, they didn't concede against, you know, on paper, a very bad championship team. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, on paper, yes, you looked at their squad and you, you thought, you know, Blues Blues are man for man way better and you, you wouldn't necessarily have, have chosen any of the um, Rotherham players, maybe Sam Nombe potentially, or, or Johansson in goal as as anyone that would particularly trouble the Blues eleven. Um, but as it as it turned out, yeah, it looked like rather managerless Rotherham were the ones with the with the, with the sort of the plan and the, and 
the idea of what they were trying to what they were trying to do. And that's not to say Rooney didn't didn't send them out with a plan. Of course he did, and we'll come on to the press conference. And I think he spoke a little bit about about the plan and and the, how the plans have changed. Um, but the pl- whatever the plan was, it didn't feel like the players were implementing it at all. Yeah, well, we might as well talk about it now. I mean, the main issue in the game was the playing out from the back, wasn't it? And that Blues kept playing themselves in trouble. The amount of times Ivor and, and Ruddy, you know, gifted possession away in the final third was was pretty shocking. Um, and, you know, I asked Rooney about this in the post-match press conference and he said, he basically said that that's not kind of what they'd been instructed to do, that they'd been working in training on playing higher up in the opponent's half rather than taking risk at the back, which we saw in those early games, because after the game against Hull, if we remember, yeah. he, uh, he said that they would adapt and they would stop doing that. Um, and we have seen that they haven't taken as many risks at the back in, in recent weeks. And obviously, they've not been gifting as many goals away in some of those games. But it was kind of, as I said earlier, a bit back to the uh, back to the start, where they were taking risks and, and giving the ball away. And Rooney admitted himself, you know, they're not comfortable doing that. They haven't got the players for that at the moment. Um, you know, whether Dion Sanderson, Emmanuel Ivo, John Ruddy can can become those players that can play from the back, you know, that's going to be a thing over time. But at the moment, they can't do it, as, as their manager has said. Yeah, I thought, actually, that we, you, me, and the other journalists in the room missed a little bit of a trick in that press conference because it didn't really filter in what the sort of the sentiment behind Rooney's comments are. Mm. If he's telling the players to not do that and then they go and do it, it's you know I, there's, a, there's clearly a disconnect there isn't there and, and I think had I been more alert I, the, the next question would be so Wayne are the players not doing what you're asking them to do um, well, wouldn't it but but you know it, it wasn't just you know it's not just one person that decides to play out from the back from the back is it you know Ruddy lines up a free kick then Ivo and Sanderson split split either side of him you, either either side of him and you know it goes from there surely if that's not what what they're being asked to do then one of them should be should be saying hang on you know this 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 isn't this isn't this isn't the setup or this isn't this isn't our exit strategy or, or whatever or am, am i misinterpreting that a little bit i don't know no i, I think i think we it's it's hard it's hard actually we should we should have probably followed up a little bit but I, the impression i got was that they are playing out from the back because we, we keep seeing the two centre-backs split, don't we, to the edge of the six-yard box either yeah. side. Yeah. And Ruddy goes out to one or the other. Uh, but I think it, it's basically the key point he's trying to make, Rooney is trying to make, is about game management and knowing when to play out from the back. Um, right. Because early on it was like, against Hull, for example, it was play out from the back constantly and they were getting caught, weren't they? Um, and it happened against Middlesbrough as well. And I think the change that was that Rooney has tried to make is that they they... Are more sensible in playing out from the back. It's not at every opportunity because we know that John Ruddy is not a goalkeeper like Ryan Allsop for Hull, for example, who literally is taking the ball on his own on his own goal line and and taking on two or three Blues players and spreading passes through the middle of play. Um, I think it's just about sensible decision making, and that was the point he was trying to get across. Um, and they just kind of on Saturday it felt like they were trying to play out every single opportunity and it, it, it wasn't working. They're not they're clearly not comfortable enough doing that yet, as we found out in those early weeks before Rooney admitted that that was wrong and decided yeah. to, to to change things slightly. Uh, and and then you know you've got 
how much they're being asked to play it for the back. They, they presumably, from what you say now, that they're, they're they're being asked to make a judgment call as to whether mm. whether this goal kick is the is the one one to try uh, to to do it with. Um, whatever the judgment call was was made, or the rights and wrongs of of you know the the incident that led to to Sanderson saving on the line. You, you know, in in no coaching manual, in in no set of match instructions, is under hit the ball to your goalkeeper a you know a, you know a, a point that you want a route that you want to go down is that the execution there was really really bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a whether they should be doing it or b maybe they shouldn't be doing it. But then if they are, they've got to do it better better than that. And you made reference to the the Sanderson clearance on the line. Um, two points two sort of things that i think about that is uh firstly i'm not sure it was a penalty because there certainly weren't that many protests from the rotherham mm. players and i've not seen it back still not seen it's not seen it back i don't don't know if the highlights clarify it at all uh and secondly sanderson's coming in for quite a bit of criticism as you know as, as maybe one one of the players who's been underperforming since um since rooney's arrival I don't think you can question his commitment on that in that particular incident. You know, I thought it was an inspired piece of defending that saved his team a point. Yeah, I I, I feel a little bit sorry for Sanderson. I, I don't think he can question his commitment at all, to be honest. I think he's I think the, the main problem he has found, and I think he is the player who's been most unsettled under Rooney, who has looked most unsettled. I think there's been a, a bigger the probably the biggest drop-off in his performances from before till after, because you know the changes have been enormous. You know the centre backs have been asked to play quite a quite a different way. They've been far more exposed. You know Sanderson has now no longer, when he looks to his right or his left, has has got a a fullback. You know within close quarters who is there to protect him. You know he's not got the two midfielders, the two defensive midfielders in front of him. Um, it's a very different way of playing. Add into that. Kevin Long, who was instrumental in that partnership early on, is now no longer in the team. And it's Emmanuel Ivo, who, to be fair, is young, he's inexperienced, he's learning, but he has been quite erratic in, in some of his performances. And Sanderson yeah. has had to bail him out on more than one occasion. Um, you know, another change that's been made, Ivo initially played on the left side. Sanderson is now being asked to play on the left side because Ivo hasn't been comfortable on the left side. So that's, you know, there's three changes right there, three big changes in terms of, what you're asking Dion Sanderson to do. And I think, you know, we can look at the opening 11 games of this season where Sanderson pound for pound consistency-wise is probably the most consistent player and best Blues player. You know, Mm. we talked the other day and said, you know, if you look at maybe five or six of those games, Sanderson was probably man of the match or a contender for man of the match. You know, you think back to his performance away at Bristol City against Leeds. Against Leeds, he was absolutely tremendous. Um, He was leading by example. You know, he's a top championship defender. And at the moment, Wayne Rooney isn't getting the best out of him. Whether, you know, we're going to come on to those those comments later, you know, and we don't know if they're directed at Sanderson. We don't know which players they were directed at. But, you know, now I suppose the acid test for players like Sanderson and the more experienced in terms of game, game time players in that dressing room is how they react to those comments and whether they can deliver and deliver this new brand of football that Wayne Rooney wants at Birmingham City. Yeah, indeed. Um just before we get to, to that, we keep promising the juicy bit, don't we? Just before we we get to the to comments about uh, certain body 
body parts that Rooney made about his players. Um, he also spoke about Jordan James, didn't he? And, mm. and one of our contributors, actually, I can't remember who it was, forgive me, uh, last week mentioned it, or asked us, is JJ, Jordan James, the um, the sort of the, the crucial player into into Rooney, about in, in Rooney's rev, uh, revolution? And it certainly looked like that, didn't he? You know, we, just to identify one positive from, from the weekend, uh, Jordan James came came off off the bench and in 25 minutes, I thought, did he take the game by the scruff of the neck? That, that might be gilding the lily a little bit, mm. but he certainly sh- showed a lot of leadership, uh, a lot of purpose, uh, and and fairly clear, I, I thought, a lot of clarity about what he was trying to achieve. Um, so, yeah, and Rooney spoke about James in, the, in, in his post-match press conference, didn't he? We just remind everyone what he said, please. Yeah, so he, he basically poured, you know, as much praise on, on James as you did there, Brian, and said that he was really impressed with him after he came on and, and promised him a start against Coventry on Friday. Um, I think in hindsight, it's probably the wrong call not to start James against against Rotherham after his performance against Blackburn. I think he gives uh, far more to the Rooney way of playing at the moment than Bakuna, um, sorry, Bakuna and Bielik do. Um, and for me... As we said, as we've said in the previous previous podcast, I think James is the is the most important central midfielder to this system at the moment. Um, and yeah, uh, Rooney did say that the the eleven for the the Rotherham game was chosen before the Blackburn game. Uh, obviously, yeah. depending on injuries and things, they picked up, and that obviously you know they, they didn't change that. Um, so so yeah. But James has to start at the moment. He's 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 very important. He's probably the one player who is really getting the Rooney way of playing. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. J- JJ played eighty-five minutes, didn't he, at uh, at Blackburn? Mm. So it it is kind of kind of understandable because you know we're in a situation where central midfield is probably one of the places where there are enough bodies to make changes, uh, and and you don't. You, you know, you, you just can't flog the same players over, over and over again, particularly with what's going to what's lying ahead in the, in the next few weeks. Yeah. So yeah, I, you're absolutely right. Um, JJ is, you know, is is the sort of the poster boy for what Rune has achieved, if that's the right word so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, he'll he'll start at Coventry, with, uh, which we'll, we'll come on to in a bit. Um, and here we are. We arrive at the point. Uh, Wayne Rooney was in sat in a press conference. We were asking him questions. Um, for those people who sort of may may not know the, the the sort of the inner workings of a press conference, Alex, you tend to ask questions first. Then the uh, the other 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 sort of newspapers or media outlets will ask their questions, and then I think it's unusual that there was there was a sort of a, a little side bar to the uh, press conference towards the end where questions were asked. Um, for the for the responses and the quotes to be used on Sunday night or Monday morning, and it was during this section um, that Rooney was pressed ab- pressed about um, his players, <laughs> why his players were playing the way they were, and I don't know if we can even use the phrase. I mean, I know I know he said it in a in a uh, in a press conference, um, but basically he, he accused them. Of lacking um, a certain body part, lacking lacking courage, didn't he? Um, you know, and that has prompted a huge amount of discussion on social media from Blues fans. Yeah, I think the the point the 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 point he was making, I think, was 
um, about players performing in training and then not having the courage to to take their performance in training into a match day. Um, and yeah, I mean, we don't we obviously don't need to repeat it. Everyone everyone knows what it is now. Um, I think you probably can probably can say that in a podcast, Brian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you probably can, but anyway. That's you and my surname. Um, <laughs> Ship's already sailed, isn't it? Yeah. And mine as well. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, um, it was a strong strong line to go down. I think um, in in the press conference, um, certainly. I mean, when when you know the press conference was over and, and we were kind of in a little debrief, we were both a little bit open mouthed and and you know kind of like oh whoa. You know that's a, that's a, a kind of it's a big line, isn't it? You really you don't yeah. you don't often hear managers kind of, especially eight games into a tenure, you don't hear managers, um, you know, say things like that. You know, there's two two reasons that that I think Wayne Rooney says that comment. Um, one is that he feels invincible. Um, you know, he feels like he's going to get this chance under under the current owners. He feels secure in his position. And that he's going to outlast some of the players that he's going to want to get rid of, um, that aren't going to, you know, that aren't going to fit his style of play. Um, and the other reason um, is that he wants a big reaction, and that he's, he's yeah. you know, really testing the waters. Um, you know, I it's 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 new to us, I suppose, or new to me on the Birmingham City scene because that's that's something that John Hughes would never have done. Very very different in terms of kind of how they they you know talk and how they address those situations i'm not saying either is right or wrong um mm. they're just different styles of styles of management we've seen we've seen successful managers do what john eustace would do and we've seen successful managers do what wayne rooney would have done like for example jose Mourinho is probably a, a manager who might have gone down a similar route and he you know has won everything in the game so it's, it's probably not for us to to judge in that in that regard but um it certainly probably took us back a little bit um, it was a bad performance, and he was qu clearly quite frustrated and angry about it. So, uh, but we must also say that he delivered all these comments and all these, you know, um, in in quite a, a really really composed manner. Um, I think that is that is something I've I've taken from all his press conferences so far, and that how calm and composed he is. And I think that comes across on the touchline as well. He he's not, you know, constantly ranting and raving. He's very relaxed, um, and you know you know when he's annoyed, and you know when he's frustrated. Um, as he has been a number of times so far, and as he was in the press conference on Saturday, but he delivers it in a in a very relaxed manner. Um, yeah. And he said himself, you know, he's completely different to how he was when he was a player as a manager now. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I felt I felt there was a tension or an, or an agitation coming off him as, as he as he was answering his questions. Now he was relaxed and he was smiling. He even, he even cracked a couple of jokes about being a nice guy, didn't he? You know, he he wasn't he wasn't agitated. It's wrong wrong of me to say that he was agitated, but there was something emanating, wasn't there? There was there was yeah. a, a dissatisfaction emanating from him. I felt in his answers. Um, presumably, you know, he'd rather been anywhere else in the world than talking to us about that display, which probably accounts yeah. for, for, for much of his dissatisfaction. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did feel a little bit of an, an undertone off him. Mm. That said, I was, I was surprised when it, when it, with, with his choice of language. Um, and you are right. I don't think as we can, we can say at this stage, whether it was a mistake or not, because the reason that he's done it is to try and extract a reaction. You know, if you, if you are a a 
a, a professional sports person, professional sportsman in in this instance. You know, he's been quite specific about the um, the gender, hasn't he? Um, and you are having your your sort of courage and and your 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 manhood almost questioned. Then the ball is in your <laughs> use that phrase. The ball is in your court to um, to respond, isn't it? You know, he's absolutely wanting a response. Uh, you know, I don't whether I don't know that bravery necessarily means throwing yourself into tackles. I think it's about what you do with the ball in the way that JJ came onto the pitch mm. and was brave. He took it in difficult, took it in difficult tight spots. He carried it forward and he passed it forward. Uh, and I think that's probably what Rooney wants to see from other midfielders. I can't say I saw Bielik do that a huge amount. Uh, you no. know, without, without picking on individuals. I think Ethan Laird carried it forward and, and passed it forward. Um, Buchanan did to an extent, not massively. Bakuna, uh, it was an erratic performance from Bakuna, wasn't it? Um, I thought Dembele showed good courage, I have to say. Yeah. I thought, you know, he went, went at his man. He was quite effective and to the point where... Let's get it to Dembele and see what we can we, we can create. Seem to be the only kind kind of strategy. Um, it was on the other ring. Mayoshi, I thought Mayoshi was was muted a little bit. Did you? Um, yeah, so yeah, I would agree. But there, there there is plenty of room for for these players to say, you know, you said what you said. I'm going to show you, and and that I think that is probably the, you know, it's not about. Defla I don't think it was delivered with deflecting blame from Rooney or Rooney trying to wheedle out of something by pit by pinning a failing on his players. I think it was said with design. Yeah, no, no, I would agree. Um, I think part of it stems from, you know, this is a, a guy who, yeah, yes, is a player, but he was massively su successful at, at Man United and also with England as well. You know, top scorer for, for both of those while he was playing. Um, won God knows how many Premier League titles, League Cups, FA Cups, won the Champions League. You know, as a manager, his record is not great. At Birmingham City, his record is pretty bad. Like one win, two draws, five defeats from eight games. He's not, you know, used to that. And maybe that's just him coming out fighting a little bit, a bit angry and, and wants to kind of get a, a point across that way. Um, I want to I wanna actually talk about the kind of the... The Rooney reign so far. I know you hate me using reign in that context, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you he's know. not king. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, let's not go on to the monarchy, Brian. Um, I, I wanted to ask because we spoke about JJ earlier. Um, how many players do you think have actually improved under him? That's that's the big question I've got. As a coach, he keeps saying, you know. Um, that it's his job to improve the players. And he mentioned it in the press conference, actually, not long after he made that comment. I think that, you know, he's got to improve the players. Uh, when they're talking about, we're talking about transfers and, and things like that, you know, got to improve the players they have. Um, you know, how many players have actually improved? Because at the moment, it just looks like kind of a, a lot of them, apart from JJ, have gone within themselves. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm struggling to find someone who you would say, yes, JJ, yes, they are playing better now than they were when Eustace was there. Ethan Laird doesn't didn't look too affected by it. I didn't think, albeit he's no, potentially out now. I, you know, I think I think Dembele. That's actually no. I will I will say Dembele is he improved. I would say Dembele has recovered from his initial blip uh, under Rooney. I thought Dembele was really quite good on on 
against Rotherham. I think he's uh, got it, hasn't he, Dembele? He's, I think he's, he has, yeah. The penny's yeah. dropped. That's exactly yeah. that's the right way to put it, yeah. You know, you have to have to marry up the whatever you're doing in attack with your defensive responsibilities. And there were a couple of times when Rotherham were breaking from Blue's corners and it was Dembele that broke up the mm. play. Um, yep. So, yeah, I, 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 you you threw me, James. I'll throw you back, Dembele. Um, yeah. Is there a third um, one to throw into the mix? I think that there's two players that have been probably unaffected by it. And you mentioned Laird. I'd say Buchanan, based on the Sheffield Wednesday game, based on that he was probably the best defender against against Blackburn. I think Lee Buchanan's a consistent 7 out of 10 every week, isn't he? So I don't think he's looked massively affected by it yet. Um mm. Those, those two, the two fullbacks. Think Cody Drame as well. Cody Drame. We, we keep, you know, I don't think, don't think he played that well against Rotherham. Don't get me wrong, but I think over the course of Rooney's time, over the course of Rooney's games, I actually think Cody Drame has been has been fine. Um, it's it's the rest of the the players, especially going forward. You know, Stansfield looked quite good early on. Bakuna looked quite good. Burke had his moments, but Burke's completely tailed off. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I think maybe those two have have been not unaffected and the two mentioned Dembele and and James are, are, are now thriving I'd say um, what I, other than that then no what I would say about Bakuna is you know I think the worth work ethic is there I do mm. think he's I really do think he's trying he, if I don't know what his GPS stats are but to the eye it looks like he covers a lot of ground yeah um, you know is, is he always defensively disciplined no um, but does it, you know, is that just, I think that discipline's down to, you know, maybe concentration and maybe not being quite his normal game ra rather than, you, you know, not being bothered. Um, what really frustrates me with Bakuna at the moment is you can see he's covering the, covering the yards, but where you want him to, where you want him to be effective is in that final third. And there, there was a breakaway on in the first half on Saturday. Blues had a two-on-one. Uh, Mayosha carried the ball from from a Rotherham corner up to the centre circle, and and he played Bakuna and Stansfield. He played Bakuna in, and, and Bakuna had Stansfield to his right. Now, some of the passes and the assists that we've say we've seen Juninho Bakuna play. Um, think back to Scott Hogan's hat trick against mm. um, against West Brom at the Hawthorns. Bakuna's distribution was absolutely magical that night. And then the pass he had, all the pass he had to play to curl it, curl it round the back of the centre back, and put Stansfield in on goal. And you'd have banked Stansfield to score that. He over, he didn't just slightly overhit it. He overhit it by six or seven mm. yards. And yeah, you know, I'm wondering now whether the that the fact he's having to cover so much ground is impacting his his uh, accuracy in the final third. And I think back to something Steve Cottrell said. Uh, many years ago about uh, Jack Magoma. Magoma was having a really good season. Um, but but he, what the issue that Cottrell highlighted with Magoma was Magoma was winning the ball effectively as an auxiliary left-back, then having to run 40 yards to get into the attacking third. And then by the time he got there, he was either exhausted or the defence had covered back and he wasn't in a position to, 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 make, to play that decisive pass. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a shade of, shade of that with Bakuna, um, but, but I'm, I'm going to give Bakuna a pass on the on the buy-in and on the effort levels. I, I really am. Mm. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point you make. Um, moving on to questions, Brian. 
Um, because I, I, I think there's going there's, there's been a general theme to be fair to a lot of the questions we've had, and thanks everyone for for sending so many over in the last twenty four hours or so. You know, this is a takes up a massive section the questions and takes of our podcast. So uh, without you, we'd we'd be uh, rambling our own thoughts and probably finished in twenty minutes. Um, so we're going to start with Paul Drinkwater. Um, my question is more around the public criticism of players. This can either inspire or, as many of us have seen over the years at various clubs, cause the manager to lose the dressing room. Which do you see as more likely, I hope, inspire, by the way? Um, Brian, kick us off. I think it will depend on what's inside the player. Mm. Um, I think some will be inspired by it. I think some will potentially, their heads might drop and I think, you know, I'm, uh, this is this is uncomfortable for me. I, I don't don't fancy this. Um, so difficult to, without knowing the players individually, and I have to say, I don't know the don't know the players um, as as people particularly. Uh, you know, there's two or three that have been there a while, and you, you kind of kind of get a feel for what characters they are. Um, but will it ins- will it inspire? I, I would hope it would inspire. You know, if, if someone if if someone is questioning your ability to do your job, then you hopefully respond in a, in a, in a sort of an assertive and positive way. Um, mm. So I don't know. I don't know that we're going to know that, Alex, really. I'm, I'm guessing a little bit. It's, it's a good question, but I, I'd be guessing. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, we'll, may, we'll maybe know that in January, you, you know, or at the other side of Christmas, potentially when, you know, when the, when the transfer windows open and when, when agents have had a chat with their players about how they're fancying it or they're not fancying it. We'll potentially start to see a bit of an answer to that. Yeah, I think we're probably yeah, like you say, probably going to see an answer in the next month or two. Um, we'll probably see a bit of an answer on the field and a bit of an answer in terms of team selection as to who Rooney, you know, seeing things that he likes from in training. You know, the consist because he hasn't you know consistently picked that many players. There haven't been that many players. You know, there's only been I think Sanderson who started every game so far as far as outfield players go. Hmm. So you know, no one. You know, he's completely, you know, he's no one's completely got drawn him in yet by the looks of it. Um, I think he's obviously, as I've touched on earlier, I think he's probably made that comment so he can he can wheedle people out um, and that he can kind of make decisions on them before we get to the, the January window. There's a month now. He's going to have six games where he's going to be able to kind of see how players respond to those comments and respond to, to what he said to them. So, um yeah, I don't think we can. Yeah, we're we're not the players. We're not inside their heads. We don't know how they're going to respond to it. We only know how I suppose as people how we'd respond to that kind of thing. Um, so we can't, as Brian said, can't answer that one categorically. But uh, I think we'll see it on the pitch and in terms of in team selections and what Rooney looks to do immediately in January. Just to add to that, Alex, uh, I, I felt um, in the last international break, um, just before the Sheffield Wednesday game. Uh, or was it? it Ro- I felt that Rooney had got a point where he he'd found a group, found the group of guys that he wanted to go to war with, uh, and you know he he made reference to, um, to during that international break to a to them having an an eleven an, a game against the under twenty ones and two or three of players impressing in that and playing playing their way into his thinking and you know get, getting selected for the next game. It felt like he sort of. Got the guys, as I said, that you know that he he wanted, he, he saw to taking him and his team forward, and then obviously you know Rotherham felt a little bit of a backward step to that. Um, 
we'll come on to team building not being a linear process in a minute but uh yeah that's that that was an interesting interesting question from paul um and i think we will see it in, in the coming weeks um robert moore says i feel like a lot of rooney's criticism is aimed at sanderson do you agree uh, i know he got on well with eustace and he was very much involved in re-signing him toys thrown out of the pram perhaps go on alex you can do that one i touched on this a little bit earlier i i i we don't we don't know who rooney was aiming you know that particular comment at um, he mentioned there are some players experience, who, have, who have enough experience to, to do better. Um, he absolved, the only player he did absolve from that comment was Lukas Dukovic. Um, so, you know, it's open to interpretation. Um, what I will say is what I said earlier about Sanderson. Um, I don't think any Blues player has had kind of more disruption in the Rooney era in terms of, yes, he started every game, but he started next to a different partner he's lost his you know his rock next to him in kevin long and then all of a sudden he's been asked to switch sides to the left rather than play on the right and obviously at the same time trying to learn a new style of play that he would not have been used to because he's not played in a team that plays this way before um do i think he's got the qualities to to fit in yes because he's he's got the speed that rooney's going to need from the center backs and i think he's probably better on the ball than a lot of us give him credit for um it's not always shown in the last eight games or whatever, but I do think he's got the quality to fit in and I can't comment whether it was aimed at him or not. Yeah, what I would say about Sanderson is, you know, he's played at Sunderland, he's played for Blues under Eustace, for Blues, I think, under Bowyer as well. Um, he has uh, played at QPR. Um, so, you know, the point I'm making is that he's he's been around a little bit. He is quite experienced and he is he has learned to fit into different systems and under different managers. So if it's uncomfortable at the moment, and I don't, if it is uncomfortable at the moment, then yeah, I'd back Sanderson to, to have the physical attributes to to recover it once, once things start to stabilise. Mm -hmm. one, um, one from Mick. Do you both think Rooney has done anywhere near enough to be trusted with the rebuild in transfer windows, especially the summer when it's such an important window with players out of contract? I'm really worried long-term if we don't get that transfer window right. Um, so, if we're talking in terms of Rooney's whole career, I feel in Derby, the results weren't great, but the situation was horrendous. Mm. I feel he probably did do quite well to pick to patch aside together there um so certainly in this in the season that the sort of the half season that, that he had when he took over from i think it was cocky who he took over from I, I think he cobbled something together there uh, which, which was good um the the next season was the next derby season was just you know it's so much of an outlier i don't know that you can you can say that it you can take any, anything from it really i thought there was a coherence mostly to what Rooney's Derby were trying to do. Uh, I don't know enough about the DC United situation. I mean, it didn't go brilliantly well, did it? But the, but then I think a guy you spoke to, Alex, said that at DC United, you know, they, they weren't, weren't a, lavishly, a lavishly financed franchise, were they? Yeah, they're known as a, a thrifty club. Um, so yeah. they don't have so much money in terms of MLS. Um, I think I'd say on recruitment, um, if Rooney is to get the trans windows, um, you know, he's talking about the transfer windows like he, he's confident that he will get them. Yeah. Um, I think it doesn't just need to be Wayne Rooney signing his players. I think it needs to be a, a combination of 
of the club through the you know the recruitment team and, and, and Craig Garner as technical director and Gary Cook as CEO identifying you know players for Wayne Rooney to sign that are going to you know benefit the club in the long term irrespective of whether Wayne Rooney is the is the manager or not because I think that's how most clubs work now it's not just kind of they don't really let the manager have you know full control of transfers because mm. you know inevitably managers don't really last that long in this game um most clubs work with a, a technical director or a di- director of football now and blues have one so um if we we are we are obviously convinced that this is the way forward for blues under united they're they're determined that and absolutely you know unwavering in their confidence that the way to get out of the championship is to play this style of football you know this free flowing out from the back style of football that you know is designed to have possession um you know you can recruit for that as i'm sure they will those players you know don't have to be you know 100% Wayne Rooney players there could be 60% Wayne Rooney players and 40% club players that the club are happy to invest you know a, a good contract in uh, i think that's the key um, you know, because the the annoying thing would be if Blues, you know, let Wayne Rooney have a huge transfer window and give ten players four year contracts, and then Blues, for example, if we're talking next season, started next season badly and and decided this wasn't working and made the change then, and all of a sudden you've got a new manager coming in who, who you know, like Wayne Rooney has found with some of the players Blues have now, might not want those players. And has to change it again. I don't think that's the way you run a football club. I think you need to make decisions for the long term, sensible decisions. Um, I think Blues made a fair few in the summer because I think they signed some players that that you know they knew if they were going to transfer to this new style of football could fit in the likes of Ethan Laird, Lee Buchanan. Um, and I think they need to they need to be sensible. They don't need to kind of you know let one manager sign all their players. I think you need to have a balance yeah uh, it's about recruiting to a type isn't it and yeah. you know and, and recruiting to a plan of what what the team looks like and and you know having almost in an ideal world you'd be in a brentford scenario where brentford probably know who then who their next their third next right back is mm. you know or brighton or someone like that they've got this they've got this footballing machine which works and it, they spend their intervening, you know, the recruitment staff go around the world looking for pieces that fit into that machine. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know that it's necessarily I, I, like you. I don't think it is about, you know, recruiting for Wayne Rooney and then recruiting for whoever succeeds Wayne Rooney and then recruiting for whoever succeeds the guy who succeeds Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Um, we have really have been down, been down there. You know, we could, Karanka got a ton of players. Um Lee Bowie didn't get many. Harry Redknapp got loads of players. Zola got a few players. You know, it's there has to be a single thread running through the entire organisation. Mm. And I do think Knighthead, and I do think Gary Cook, and I do think Craig Gardner understand that. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure they do because they've said they understand it. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Not necessarily a Rooney issue, particularly. Yeah. Um- I'm not sure, but we'll come on to it now, Brian. Um, you know, one of the main questions I had uh, when I put an appeal out yesterday was how long do, do Knighthead and Gary Cook give it? You know, if it doesn't get better, how long do they give it? I think we've we've probably addressed this a little bit before. Um, 
The one one thing I will add, you know, if Wayne Rooney is is you know not getting results in three months from now, and, and Blues are looking like they could be dragged into a, a relegation scrap, I, that's 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 when I I think there's probably you know chance that the owners could act. That's the way I see it because I, I'm 100% convinced these owners will not want Birmingham City in League One. They've said, you know, I think there's, Tom Wagner said that he wouldn't have bought the club had it got relegated last season. That's on mm. record. Mm. So they have no intention of going there. Um, they obviously want Ray, Wayne Rooney as their manager and they're going to give him every possible chance to succeed, which is fair enough. Um, but that, that's, that's, that's how I see it, I think. That's how I see it. Do you agree, Brian? Yeah, how long do they give Wayne Rooney every last second that they possibly can? Yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I think they'll leave no one, no stone unturned in supporting him. And you know what? I, I think they're probably right to do that. Uh, you know, we've been in the in the in the sack and in the sack cycle for so many years. You've, if you're going to try and introduce a new playing style and new ambition to to a team then you know they've gone down this route we've we've discussed ad nauseum whether they should have gone down this route and and i think everyone knows my feelings on that um but now, now you're going down your street you have to make it work don't you and and that's not just about signing loads of players that mm. that is that is about making changes that rooney wants on the chat on the on the training field for the to, or to the training facilities which is which has happened um, it, you know, it's a, it's about beefing up the recruitment. It's about doing the research on the recruitment. It's, it's about, um, you know, all the things, to, all the little bits of things that go on behind the scenes. It's, it's about supporting Rooney on the medical side as well. It's, it's there's so much else that, that that they can do to, um, to enhance performance. So, yeah, I think, I think they will, and I think they have to give it until, until it's. Uh, until the very the very last second, and hopefully it won't ever get to that very last second, and they can get to the summer with a semblance of stability, and then those big con- pre-pandemic contracts come off the books, and then we really are potentially cooking at, at that point. Mm. Um, last last one of the questions, uh, Nick Morris. Um, we have six games left of 2023. How many points do you think you two think we'll get? My opinion is two, maybe three on current form and his slating, and if his slating of players continues. Um, I've quickly scribbled down the fixtures. So Blues, before the end of this year, play Coventry, who are 17th, Cardiff, who are 11th, Leicester, who are top of the league, Plymouth, 16th, Stoke, 20th, and Bristol City, who are 14th. You know, Brian, that looks... You know, as bad as the, the the last run of fixtures before the international break looked in terms of the teams Blues are playing, I think that looks quite favourable apart from Leicester. Yeah, I think Cardiff away will be difficult as well. Blues mm. record down down there isn't brilliant, um, but yeah, looking looking at those fixtures, I saw Coventry last week um, in went over there, and I didn't wasn't very impressed with them. I have to say, um, Cardiff will be tough. Leicester. You know, Leicester aren't absolutely steamrolling teams like like they were, are they? Mm. You know, they 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 have this glut of possession, and I think there've been times when when they found found it quite hard to winkle open defences. So, listen, I, I can't. I, even that said, I still find it find it unlikely that Blues will, will go and get anything um, 
sorry so that's just andrews isn't it i still think it'll be a hard hard game for, for blues mm. plymouth away that's hard plymouth plymouth's home record for all those struggles away plymouth's home record is, is really quite good stoke are having similar wobbles to blues actually and and um i know i know our stoke writer pete smith and been reading his content and there are discussions happening around alex neil mm. um so if alex neil is still in the role on Boxing Day, then I, su- I suggest Stoke will have picked up some points between now and then. But I certainly look at the- look at that as winnable. <laughs> Wasn't Rotherham winnable? Um, and Bristol City, you know, I, th- I, th- I think I- I'm going to be going to be positive here. You know, mm. you look at look at life through the prism of, of of the Rotherham game and say I don't know where the next points coming from. <laughs> but if if Blues play like they did against Ipswich and in periods as they did at Blackburn. I can see them getting a point at, Car- at Cardiff. Sorry, a point at Coventry. Uh, a point at Cardiff. Maybe nothing against Leicester. A point at Plymouth, and let's give them four points from Stoke, Stoke, and uh, Bristol City. So that's what's that? One, two, three, four, seven from six games. That's 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 my spin. You? That's, that's one defeat. One defeat in six, isn't it, Brian? That's one defeat in six. Get yeah, the. I said, uh, I said I'll get be the open. manager of the month material, isn't it? Yeah. Get the open <laughs> buzz ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm I'm similar on, on Coventry and Cardiff. I reckon Blues might get a couple of points there. Uh, Plymouth, you know Plymouth. I know they. I saw they were sold out yesterday. That looks a. I think they're a good team. I remember watching them against against Blues in uh, in August, and I thought Blues are very fortunate not to lose that game. I, I think Plymouth are a good team. Um, but I, I do think they'll get a win against either Stoke or, or Bristol City, maybe even both. So I'm, I'm going to go seven or eight points from those from those six matches, and that you know is a great improvement on you know the last eight matches where Blues have been bottom of the form table in the league with just five points. So seven seven or eight points, I think, would be would be an acceptable ish return and progression. Yeah. Which leads us to our takes, doesn't it? Um, I've highlighted this one, and you've given you've you told me off for uh, for for messing up your pretty uh, podcast plan. Um, <laughs> but it, it was something something that engaged engaged me. That um, there was a discussion going on in my notifications be- between a few supporters, um, and this one is uh, from somebody called at Boogler One, uh, and we were discussing about whether Rooney was right to say what he said um, at the weekend, uh, and he said. He does. I don't necessarily support Rooney's stance, but I get it. And then he made reference to change professionals would call this the storming phase. Let's see how it goes. Uh, and that got my um, my my little brain thinking. Uh, and I can't pretend to be anything like a, a change professional or even understand what they do particularly. But I did had, did have a quick Google. Uh, and there, in terms of managing change, as I understand it, there was this guy called Bruce Tuckman who um, who who developed a theory that there were four stages of change: forming, storming, norming, and performing. And uh, Blue Boogler's um, tweet made reference to the storming phase. Um, now, the storming, my very basic understanding of the storming phase. It's well it, when things, when frustrations start to bubble up, and uh, when disruption happens, and when there's disagreements, kind of after the honeymoon period is over, and everyone's willing to get on, and and they're all tiptoeing around each other. Once the bumps in the road start to appear, um, that inevitably leads leads to conflict, 
Uh, and potentially, uh, Boogler's suggestion is that is where we're at at the moment, which I think is quite interesting. Um, do you see anything in that, Alex, at all, on, on the very clumsy definition that I've or that, that, that I've given you there? It's very interesting. Um, I mean, I like you, Brian, I can't claim to be a, a change expert, and I'm definitely not a, a management expert. Um it's it's interesting that you know you that's been picked out I, and you can you can see how it could be applied to blues in that rooney you know judging by his comments and and things that you know yeah he has been he's been asked to let's be honest he's been asked to 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 come in and completely change the way birmingham city play the way birmingham city think uh, and the way birmingham city behaves um you know in it's part of the the knighthood revolution to to you know make birmingham city uh, a premier league club um, and it's about changing a culture that's been said. So, you know, he, he's done it himself. He's seen that winning culture. He's seen kind of, you know, the pinnacle of what a football club should look like um, and what a football club looks like behind the scenes and also on the field. And maybe he's this, 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 that press conference, maybe that comment was, was, you know, something he, he pre-planned or designed or thought in the moment could, could, as we spoke about earlier, spark some kind of reaction and kind of make him understand which players are going to be with him and which players aren't going to be with him. Uh, you know, yeah, the players exactly. are going to, yeah, that, that's how I think it, it's, it's an interesting, an interesting idea that, um, yeah. And yeah, I suppose, like we said earlier, we'll see in the next, the next month or two, judging by which players he's still picking based on training ground performances, um, that, which ones he thinks he can rely on and which ones he wants to be part of of Birmingham City's new future. Yeah. So the way out of the storm you're right. The way out of the storming phase is to is to focus on building trust. Um mm. get to know your team members, which presumably that process is, is already un, under underway. Uh create a team culture of honesty and transparency. Uh now this is absolutely key. It's you know it's people's being not being afraid to speak up. Uh, being able to to give criticism and take criticism as well, uh, and the, all with the idea of, of of continually working on better collaboration. Sounds like they'll just need a very good Christmas party, and that everything <laughs> will be fine. I reckon. That time is almost upon us, Brian. That time is almost upon us. Because that's not a risk at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, um, yeah. Are you so really Storming. Yeah, yeah. Just want to. Yeah, that. That. Hope that's not been too dull for people. But it was some, something that engaged me. So yeah, we probably sh sh probably should move on now. That was interesting. Um, a couple more more takes. Uh, one from Mark on Twitter. If they're Orex, if there was one thing I expected to improve under Rooney, it was playing against sides like Rotherham. We often struggled to break them down. That hasn't improved. Struggled against Wednesday and barely created anything Saturday while still poor defensively, looking not to lose. Um, I, I, I picked this one and I like this one because, you know, the one criticism I always had of, of John Eustace's blues was that because it was such a rigid, pragmatic system, it left very little room for creativity. Mm. Um, and I think when we, we spoke so many times about when Blues played this type of team, uh, a team that sat back, although Rotherham didn't sit back as much as we expected them to, I think they pressed quite well at times. Um, 
and that's probably where where the Blues' mistakes defensively came. I think they were invited to, though, weren't they? Because as yeah, I said earlier, I thought I thought the first five ten minutes, you, you know, they they were they were totally they seemed totally prepared to sit back and play dead mouse while yeah. while while Blues played with them. No, no, hundred percent. Um, and I, I I agree, Mark. I, I was very disappointed with with how little creativity Blues showed. You know, the only real thing that I had going for them in the second half was was Dembele. Um, mm. You know, he got a couple of inviting crosses into the box, one of which led to the best chance that Blues had. There was that moment where Dembele did very well down the right-hand side to release Miyoshi, and he released Sansfield, and he kind of fell over himself inside the box. But there was so little, you know, to, to get yeah. excited about from a Blues perspective. And and that also played into the atmosphere. The atmosphere was a little bit flat because the performance is flat. And I think Rooney correctly pointed out in, at the end of that press conference that it's not on the fans to lift the players. The players need to show the fans something. The players yeah. need to get the fans. They need to give them something to believe in and something to buy into because at the moment it's not happening. I, I wonder if we're in a world where Blues are more comfortable playing away from home than than they are you know, trying to open up sides that sit in at home. Which I've lost them in a row, Brian. Okay, maybe not. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, the the Blackburn performance, they they could quite easily have won, couldn't they? But you know, they were they were more open, and and the counter attack seemed to they were seemed to be more effective at Blackburn. But yeah, you've you've slapped me down there, so I shall, <laughs> I shall shut Sorry. up. Um, no, fair, fair enough. One from uh, MW Fitness Pro. Uh, the truth hurts. I liked JE. But many times he frustrated me. As in post match, I often felt it was I was watching a different game. Not sure any of the players needed telling that Saturday was awful. If Wayne Rooney said there were positives from Saturday, he'd have lost me for sure. Yeah, the, there was no putting lipstick on this particular pig, was there on Saturday? <laughs> um, so you know what? What could Rooney say? You know, did did he need did he need to? Uh, go, you know, go two-footed like he did on Steve Vickers when he was a 17-year-old at, uh, at St Andrews all those years ago. You know, he, he chose to. Yeah, you know, we've we've discussed that at length already. Um, but yeah, there was there was no way he could come out and, and say we were competitive and and we, you know there were lots of positives that we're going to take. So yeah, uh, he had to call it as he as he saw it, and and that that does give that does give managers an authenticity, doesn't it? Yeah, I haven't heard the word competitive in two months, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's an easy comeback to that, Alex, to be fair. <laughs> Let's, not go down. Let's not do that. Last last take, uh, Steve Horn. Rooney having another go at certain players, it's not good enough. He blames everybody but himself. If that's how he motivates players, then I can't see anything positive coming from his appointment. It's clear they don't want to play for him. Let's hope the penny drops soon. Brian. Thanks. Um, well, yeah, let's hope the penny drops soon. Let's hope the penny drops uh, with the players that Rooney is not prepared to accept um, what they put what they put on offer against Rotherham. Uh, I, I agree with 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 that that section of it. Listen, it's I, I, we've already discussed at length how we feel that this was a management technique or a management strategy designed to getting a response. Um, it's it, fans are split on this, aren't they? You, you, you know. Fans don't. Fan, you can either view it as trying to shift the blame, or you can either view it as as trying to get a response out out of the people that he's managing. Um, I'm prepared to think that it was it was the latter. You know, if you're massively anti Wayne Rooney, then you, you you probably think it's the former. What I would say about the pro and pro and anti Wayne Rooney situation is that 
you know, a good 80 minutes into Saturday's game, his name was still being sung by the Tilton, wasn't it? Um, and you certainly did not get that impression when you went on social media. So as, mm. as I've said this before, I think, but as a journalist, I think all you can do is you is you take you take the temperature in the stadium rather than on social media. Yeah, I think it's a better a better and probably fairer barometer um, to judge a manager. Um, I think that clears up all the Wayne Rooney stuff, and doesn't it, Brian? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't feel I've got any more to ring out of that particular sponge. Okay, uh, Coventry on Friday night. What are we hoping for? We're we hoping, hoping for a scintillating performance and a 3 0 win, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, it can't <laughs> be any worse than Coventry last season, to be fair. That was a, that was a bit of a painful watch. Uh, one of those end of season games where Coventry are cruising towards the playoffs and Blues are cruising towards their summer holidays. Um, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully better than that and hopefully better than we've seen recently. Um, before, before we finish, I did want to touch on uh, the charity fundraising efforts going on. Uh, between Blues and their fan base at the moment. Um, obviously, things aren't great off, on the field, but off the field, the club are doing a lot of good things. Um, and they announced last week that they are aiming to buy around 11,500 children under the care of the Birmingham Children's Trust, a present for this Christmas. Uh, presents, I'm told, range from teddies to water bottles to hats and even blankets for some of those who are going to be leaving the care system imminently. Um, and all of them will include a gift tag, which says from the supporters of Birmingham City. Um, a great thing they're doing in the city. And they're also going to be selling the Blue Noses uh, during the game against Leicester on the 18th of December uh, for £3 a pop. So, um, yeah, I'm guessing what I'm, what I'm saying is that any, if you can do anything to help, um, obviously times are, time is tough this Christmas and obviously this year with, with all that's happening in this country. But yeah, um, there's a nice charity sleep out going on at St Andrews on the Saturday, the 16th as well, from 9pm until 7am. A lot of fans are going to be brave in the cold to raise funds. You know, fan groups like Punjabi Blues are, are among those fundraising and already, already raised over £3,000 to date. Uh, so a lot of a lot of great stuff going on um, behind the scenes and, and supporters working really hard to, uh, to make sure no child in this city goes without a present this Christmas. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, that, that, that's the, a good way to finish, I think, Brian. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for your time as ever. And hopefully we'll be celebrating a big three points against Coventry on Friday to make for a uh, happier and more upbeat podcast next week. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in.